This is TV8 My Dinner, a podcast about entertainment issues brought to you by DarkCrazy.com. Tales of tomorrow. Tales beyond human imagination. TV8 My Dinner. Preach it, Reverend Sean. Because you're like, if this guy's capable of fighting Palpatine, why is he making soup in a stump in a swamp? How reductive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no reason why you can't live in unison with nature and not wear feathers in your hair. That's all I'm saying. False. We've done this show for like three years. Sean, my I'm computer that I normally use died. I haven't had a chance to do anything about it. I'm the only one here who doesn't play with dolls. That's a sad commentary on you, man. Whatever, man. All right. You never want to take me someplace nice. You just want to stay at home and watch Star Trek. According to Wikipedia, the skunk ape is a time traveler. And that's not going to be That'd the be end awesome. of DVDs, but that is going to be awesome. Blu ray It's going to be a whole new. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, DVDs are already <laughs> over, buddy. It's not going to be the end of VHS. <laughs> really? Yeah. People will still buy laser discs. People will still use Betamax tapes, but I don't think. <laughs> Maybe I'm not making the point as well as I'd like. Begin program for Saucy Bat Talk. Hey, man. Hey. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, I appreciate you being around. Yeah, unfortunately, I couldn't get anybody else yeah, well, on board. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's it's just you and me, then. Yeah, well, that's, sometimes that's the way it happens. We kind of suck over here. <laughs> they don't live around here. They live up in Atlanta, which is about four hours from where I live. So okay, I only yeah. ever talk to them when we do the show. Yeah, well, my, my geography of of the states is is really bad. So, <laughs> yeah, that's why I just figured I'd phrase it in terms of the length of the drive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a four hour drive. Then for us, it's a different country. It's such a small country, you know. It's 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 two hours, and you're in Germany. That's what's funny. When I was a kid, I lived in Germany, and we went all over the place. And it's such an interesting experience just driving all over Europe, because it is like like driving across America. Like everything is accessible by car, you know. We do these tours where you'd see like eleven countries, yeah. Like by bus, that's that's a neat experience. <laughs> and well, you you do have the different languages, though. Yeah, but I think that's where you guys, where you benefit culturally from that, where it's it's nothing at all for a person to speak a second language in Europe. No, no, no. In, well, in I, America, it's 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 complete. It's completely frowned upon in a lot of circles. Well, it's like, fr- it's frowned upon if you have a different accent. I hear. I, I, well, actually, that's true too. We have a we have cultural problems amongst ourselves. Yeah, that way. yeah. People people do you know stereotype the southern, and 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 the, the typical well c- Canadian for that. This is funny because Lynn and I have talked about this as far as, you know, the, this perceived rivalry between New Zealand and Australia. And she <laughs> says that's that's real. Like that, that happens and it is sort of the same relationship that America has with Canada. Yeah. <laughs> but it's no problem, eh? Yeah. We, we think they're a bunch of softies and they think they're a bunch of just crazy people. Yeah. <laughs> well, Michael Moore was, was quite taken with <laughs> with Canada. Man, you can leave your door open here. (laughs) That's true anywhere. You know, I I live in rural 
uh, Holland, and I can't even leave my door open here, so that's that's not an issue. I think that, that there's an issue of, of whether or not people are comfortable with that. It's possible I could leave my door unlocked when I leave my house, but I wouldn't. You know, it blows me away. Like, I, when I come home, and this isn't just for security, this is just to make sure it doesn't roll, like, swing open on its own, but as soon as I walk through the door, I lock it behind me. Yeah, it's, it's also what you're brought up with, I guess. My, my, my parents, parents. My parents taught me, yeah, always lock the door. Yeah, hey, that's not a bad plan. Maybe they just, just have bad parents in Canada. <laughs> yeah, what are they doing leaving their doors unlocked? Yeah, that's, just, that's not good parenting. You sh- yeah, you share a border with Americans. Are you crazy? <laughs> just march through that place. Yeah. Okay. You're listening to TV Ate My Dinner. My name is Sean, and I'm sitting here with our with our friend from afar. Now I'm saying this rude. Is that how you pronounce? Yeah, yeah actually it does, and it, it it does sound, you know, like uh, obnoxious in <laughs> in English. Rude. Yeah. Yeah, but you have a little. There is a slightly different though, because it has almost that floating kind of R. It's like rude, rude. sort of. Yeah, this. yeah. It's, it's, it, it, the Dutch pronunciation is is pretty difficult. We have almost a Klingon G. It's <laughs> so. I like that. Yeah, because because I, I actually need your instruction on your last name so that we can do uh, so well, we can do credits on the Venus flytrap thing. <laughs> it's short for Rudolph. So that's nice. And your last name is like uh, Dikerman? <laughs> Dikerman, but yeah. Dikerman. Yeah. Well, well, you do the pronunciation pretty good. Well, that's pretty good. interesting because I'm I'm used to German, and then when I look at that, I think of that, but it is a little bit different. Well, yeah, Dutch and German, it's it's kind of you know, well, you know, like French and Spanish are from the same Latin. Uh, right. Except French and Spanish are romantic languages. Yeah. And, uh, and and Dutch and, and German and for Scandinavian for that part is it's, it's a mishmash of just everything. Let's well, neat. I think I would enjoy it. I have actually been to to Holland before. Yeah, you have. When I, when I was a kid, and it's a beautiful country up there. Where have you been? But yeah, uh, we went. I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that it was Holland. Yeah, a lot of. We wanted. I know we. I'm trying to think of the names of the cities. I was like uh, nine years old. Okay, so the, the big cities: Amsterdam or Rotterdam. We didn't go to Amsterdam. I know that. Okay, The Hague maybe. All a blur. <laughs> well, that's. I what, remember. Windmills and wooden shoes. We got. Uh, we bought a, uh, like we bought the wooden shoes in in the square. Oh my! And I remember God. everyone was really nice, and I remember they were really into the A team. That was something <laughs> I took away as a kid. <laughs> uh, like I was impressed with with the, like oh wow they really like the A team here. Yeah, awesome. yeah. It's, it's a forbidden pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> well, even then, as as I am now, I'm impressed with how common the pop culture is across the world. Yeah, you know, it's 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 uh, Holland is right smack in the middle of Europe, so you get everything here. And and also, you know, American television. So so we 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 basically got got every culture pouring upon us. Well, it makes it an interesting place to live, especially in Europe, because you have so much culture, and because you have so many countries very close to each other. It's very easy to travel around. I, I think that you're probably unique geographically for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, might be, but it's it's culturally it's it's really difficult because you it's it's really hard to get 
your own culture here. It's it's not like uh, well you know America is like this this big country with you know especially movie wise since since you're all into movies it's 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 you know we we don't have a big movie studio here because every country has got their own little movie studio so we we can't get the big productions. It's funny that way though. I think if uh, if anything, America may suffer from from an ab- abundance of self created culture. Yeah, 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 well, we're good at that, but we're not, we're not as good at, at uh, we're not as good at accepting. I'm not saying we're not accepting, but but it is an interesting experience in America because, like the pop culture, I think is a reflection of that. We love just just putting things into the culture as our own, even things we found that were already there before. We just kind of take that. Oh, that's good. We'll, what's well, what's make that American? What's more American than pizza? <laughs> <laughs> and when you think about the way the well the way we co-op things like pizza and make them our own that's american so <laughs> when you think about it it's you know a perfect actually, example. actually we do have advertisement here for uh pizzas that really says real american pizzas <laughs> that's funny to me because i always think about that like you know in america we we commonly see you know, you'll have chinese restaurants and italian restaurants and all these like the sort of that are geared towards the culture, the, the sort of food. But does America have that flavor across the world? Or is it just anything processed or, fa- or fast food? <laughs> Basically the fast food. Yeah. <laughs> like McDonald's, that's us. That, that's it, Burger King. Has- yeah, like Burger King. And New York pizza. <laughs> and New- <laughs> See, that's, that's the funniest thing to me. Like, what's more American than a hamburger? Yeah. Like, well, I don't know. <laughs> The people of, of Hamburg might have something to say about that. Ah, man, yeah. But but that, that's that's us. That's how we do it. Yeah, but you know the the, the, the television just did it. Did, did everything. You know, it's 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 not like uh, you guys got a lot of Dutch television. So uh, we all imported Europe as a whole. Imported uh, all those uh, American television shows and 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 movies and and pop music for that uh, in, into our own. So uh, that's the the American stamp, I guess, on uh, on European culture. It's an interesting legacy for us to have created, I guess. Yeah, pop But culture is, where is by definition, I think, American. I think, but in a way that I, I like it because I, I think the pop culture. I mean, it doesn't just reflect America. I think it's interesting to see what people will gravitate to in entertainment because that's what the pop culture really represents. It's like what's true in society based on what people are wanting to watch. Like if it's Saw and, and Hostel, then you're like, what is it about people that are wanting to watch people get tortured all over the place? But then you know, when it seems like people gravitate more towards optimistic movies and tv and like oh well there's something maybe things are going better than uh, than norm i don't know you yeah you, you know like the brothers grim and 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 those people in uh back in the day it was like in the, the 1700s or mm-hmm. and especially back yeah it started like uh you know those, it, especially those original stories yeah like, we sort of turned them into something happier but but yeah I thought And that was mostly the beginning of pop culture. But you know, look at classical music. Uh, Mozart, he, he could be considered a, a a pop icon for those days. Sure, that's what what's funny when people think of. Uh, I think Amadeus was a good movie for that because people just assumed that 
the people of that time were all conservative because you think of classical music as being stodgy now, but it's like that was that was the rock and roll of the time. Man, it was Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy time. Yeah, man. <laughs> but that's what I was thinking about this the other day about the importance of, of superheroes. And I know we we talked a little bit, and, and I think we should still do this, but it, probably not. How we do Superman or, or? But we were talking about doing like TV shows based on yeah. on comic book characters, and maybe yeah. we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. But I was thinking about that in terms of you know how people tend to people tend to assume that superheroes are a modern creation. Yeah. Well, because of the pop culture. The pop culture has made them a certain way. But when you think about it, wherever we had an outlet to tell stories, there have always been, you know, we, there's always been myth building. There's always been the, the supernatural or super or superhuman element to storytelling. Sure, man. Look b- before uh, the the monotheistic uh, uh, religions came. We, the, the, there was, the, you know, the, the gods with the Vikings and and and, and the Norman, the the, the 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 Thor and Odin, and and those could be considered superheroes. Or sure, and that's how I mean. And not to get too deep into it, but even when we moved into monotheism, we we didn't suffer to have a godlike figure that we didn't assign superhuman powers, like. But even when you look at, at polytheism, when you see those pantheons, modern-day superheroes are really modeled after that. And, and yeah. sometimes literally, like, like Thor is a superhero. Yeah, man. Can't, Marvel can't, Comics. Can't, can't, wait, can't wait for that movie to come out, but I'm willing to look for it, but I'm not expecting too much. Well, we'll see. I think there's a really good idea for Thor as, as a character – yeah, that that could be something that could be a lot of fun. You know, um, I, I did do some research for that, you know, comic book to TV uh, topic you wanted to do. And I came across an old Hulk uh, episode with uh, Thor versus Oh, yeah, Hulk. with Thor in it. Yeah. This, <laughs> it was, happened. It was so cheesy. <laughs> and this wasn't even old, like, 70s. Like, this no, was no. in the 80s after the series of Hulk had ended. They decided to revive the franchise by making a series of TV movies. And, and there and was – to juice that, it up, they would pair them off with some other Marvel superhero. Yeah. <laughs> it was – it was – <laughs> they did one too, where it was Hulk and Daredevil was the next one they did after that. Okay, didn't and see that. that. Was was that good? Or yeah, for the time, you gotta. This is what yeah. would make this a fun episode. Is like you have to judge the comic book movies of the time by the standard of the time. Because you know, if you if, watch them now, you're like, oh my god, that's horrible. No, well, you know, the the old Batman, of course, is is still fun to watch. I think, but. Yeah, but at the same time, it, a lot of people get really mad at that when they want a serious Batman. Like, but you have to understand what they were going for. It's entertaining. Yeah, and I'm such you know, a, I'm such a sucker for for polystyrene props and 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 cardboard <laughs> oh, yeah. landscapes. That's why you know the whole. That's what we're trying to do with the the Venus Skytrap thing. The, yeah, the audio drama we're doing right now is try to. I mean, I I think that no matter how sophisticated, and maybe this will happen as things get more sophisticated, this may intensify. But there's something there's something so nostalgic about looking at these old where they didn't have anything and they were just trying, and it made them so charming. Well, it made them the creative also because they were probably yeah. on a very low budget. Yeah, so they just had fun with it. 
And, you know, there's not not a whole lot of sophisticated storytelling came out of that. But as far as visual storytelling, there were a lot of intricacies and a lot of innovations that are overlooked. I mean, there is something that's still fun to watch about that kind of stuff. Whereas, you know, and we've talked about this on the show before, but you'll watch something like The Matrix even now. And everyone's talking about how mind-blowing and groundbreaking and already – yeah. It seems dated and, and old and weird. Well, and because, saying, because that's after, a real '90s kind of movie. Yeah, because after the Matrix, everybody started doing those effects and uh huh commercials like they started doing that in uh, beer commercials. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> beer, beer bottles flying like you know with those air. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly, and just them. the guy backwards. Yeah, I can't drink a beer like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not the one. <laughs> so that's how that happened. Yeah. But yeah, and but but you look back fifty years before that and it's if it's charming and it's fun, then you still enjoy it. You know, I could see and not to say that everything they make with CG is just gonna become dated, but they run that risk because CG's not perfected. They're basing everything on the advancements of the technology instead of the story itself. You know, and 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 you're also a, a, a big fan of the guy from from Let, Red Letter Media. Um, he, oh yeah. He, he's he's also shown that you know, with the perfect example of George Lucas, he he with the the Phantom Menace, he just got so much dependent on on his just his visuals that he forgot yeah. about the story. Story's going all together. I mean. The, the the section that he does of the Phantom Menace in that the review yeah, just man. really puts it all into perspective because that whole to me you know something's missing and you can't put your finger on it and then he comes in and he's like well look you got a story we don't know what the story's supposed to be about we don't know who we're supposed to be seeing the story through yeah. their eyes we don't know who's supposed to be the person that that we're rooting for yeah. nothing is given to us that we're supposed to care about we're just seeing a series of events unfold and we don't have a context now it's, it's, in a, it's, in a it's world all just where visuals. yeah and in a world where the visuals this is what blows my mind and and I We try to avoid talking about Lucas too much because we just go on forever. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. man's man's a genius. Man did great things. So like yeah. We won't take away from what he did with the original trilogy. But in in trying to create the new trilogy, it's like he lost sight of everything he knew to be right and true. Yeah. Like because when he made Star Wars, he's like, look, we got to ground this somehow. We got to like we got to come up with we we introduce classical thematic elements that people will understand even though they don't consciously understand it. And we introduce classical music as a background to set the tone so that that gives people a certain familiarity with what we're doing. Yeah, it, it, it sets the tone and they don't even know why. They just get it. Yeah. But then he decided that people, you know, oh, they don't need that in these. We already know what Star Wars and lightsabers and everything are. So he just throws in this whole weird world, and we don't know what is supposed to be happening except that we've seen the other movies. And now we have to have seen the other movies to even understand what we're seeing, even though this story is supposed to happen first. Yeah, just throw in a million lightsabers and everything will be all right. Yeah. That's the thing in the Attack of Clones. He's like, why are all these little kids? <laughs> He said that perfectly in the Attack of the Clones review. He's like, you really just need to take away lightsabers to make these movies good. Yeah. That's what's going wrong. There's just everywhere you go, there's like a million lightsabers and there's no story. Those things aren't just cool anymore. Well, that's the problem. The problem with inventing anything cool is that you run the risk of overusing it because – 
And this goes back to, in a weird way, the, the sort of ongoing discussion we've been having about robots. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> we were saying we had a lot of – we know, keep getting a lot of feedback because we never get it right. We're on the both, uh, both on the same side on that, so we, we try to see it positive. Yeah, well, I think it, I do think that the robots and lightsabers thing, the, the lightsabers <laughs> analogy could work while developing robots because cause I'm like you, you know, and Brooks. Like, I, there's no way that you're going to say we're making robots where I don't think that's awesome sounding. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like think of the lightsabers. Just think of how the the application could make it not cool anymore. Yeah. If it's overused or it's over abused, you know, it's all about how how to rein that in so that what we're what we're shooting for with it remains consistent. And I think that's the thing. I'm not really worried about robots as much as I am the people that are going to build them. Yeah. Like yeah, well, we came up with nuclear power way after we came up with the nuclear bomb. The first thing Alfred, we thought, was, hey, Alfred Nobel when he when he patented uh, dynamite. Well, you know, he he didn't. He, well, I, I guess he could have foreseen uh, what would happen with uh, with the stuff. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he specifically said, I, I guess, when when he made some kind of a contract for it, or, or you know, for the Nobel Prize, he specifically said, well, you know, there the, there should be. A way to counteract um, aggression with this, and and well, you know, he totally got it, that wrong, wrong. But oh my god! Well, the worst assumption you can make is that the that a sufficiently horrific weapon will serve as a deterrent. Yeah, <laughs> keeping the peace then, through superior firepower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That never works, you know. And to prove that point, they first said that about the crossbow. Yeah. I mean, that's the when you think about a lack of vision, people are saying about the crossbow, like this is a weapon so terrible that surely it'll be the end of all war. Yeah, <laughs> it's, we, like, it's not just for shooting deer, mission. people. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, how quaint a crossbow now? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> don't even think of it as a real weapon now. That's how the world has has progressed. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm I am pro robot in the sense that. Uh, it would be a sad world to imagine they don't make them. But I, but I am worried about what what we're going to do. I feel like the Internet is a good example, though. I feel like, well, how many things could we have made that we'd have screwed up worse than the Internet when we first came up with it? And it's finally turning out to be okay. I guess we've – well, I don't know who invented it, but the guys, the guys at CERN probably claim they do. But um, the, the application first, the whole idea was just you know um, um, uh, transferring documents from one computer to another. And then somebody got the idea, okay, well, so we can use this to, to communicate. And then somebody got the idea, yeah, well, just put – Pictures of naked women in there, and you know, then the yeah. whole thing, thing started. Then the thing took off. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's funny and about it, that? And then though, it got worse. That but now it's getting better. Up, if they had come up with that idea, the internet might still be a fad. Yeah, it's, it's, so it would still be maybe word documents uh, sending. <laughs> the sex robots might be the thing that makes robots happen. Oh no! Don't go. Don't go there. But. <laughs> but you can guarantee that whatever, re in, in all reality, the, the idea of using robots as weapons will be the one that probably gets them push the technology the yeah. fastest. Yeah, but and 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 also the 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 uh, commercial backup. 
Yeah, but it seems that most technology begins with military applications first because that's where the, the largest the, – the bulk of, of money is to, yeah. to put towards research. Yeah. I, I guess, you know, NASA – I always thought that NASA was, was an independent um, uh, space exploration uh, kind of – you know, uh, corporation or, or, or something, yeah. but it's 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 just you know an, an, another form of, of of the army, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's a government agency. Yeah, they're they're a little bit. It's it's a non-military agency, but I well, mean, they claim, I guess, but uh, you know, you don't know how much the, the military is involved. I wonder about that because I wonder. It's like you the, wonder you about know, with, bureaucracy. With, with, you're like, okay, so. When, when, I believe we went to the moon, but I have a hard time believing that we went all the way to the moon and then that we haven't done anything since then. Yeah. <laughs> like, is there something going on on the moon that we don't know about? Because that makes more sense to me than just like, yeah, we just never had a chance. I haven't seen that dark side yet. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't care what kind of telescope you have. There's a lot of the moon. We're <laughs> not going to be able to see to the, unless we go there. Yeah. <laughs> well, it should be um... – uh, possible within, I guess, uh, the, the next two decades to to just go there. There is commercial application to 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 space flight, I guess, nowadays. Uh, what's the guy called? Uh, uh, Branson or Brandon? Richard Branson? Is he the the one uh, the Virgin guy? Yeah, yeah, he's trying to commercialize uh, space flight. And he probably will for the very rich. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the, the car was in the beginning just for the very rich. Well, that's true. I, I actually did. Uh, I mean, we've ha- I've had this argument. I had this argument about the Internet itself when the Internet first came out where people were saying, is it, is it discriminatory because not everyone has access to the Internet? Uh, I, I guess everything major happens that way. Poor people weren't on the very first airplane that, that flew commercially. Yeah, and, and the train for that. So I guess I could see that. I do, I think that is a novelty, though, in the sense that they'll just be tourists going around the block. I think the the real commercial application of the moon will come when they actually find something to do up there. Yeah, it's it's you just know? a barren place, you know. Yeah, but it's, they say not, there's not much for sightseeing there. Yeah, I mean, just to say, I went to the moon. Yeah. But that would <laughs> I be saw a, a boulder. vacation spot. Yeah. It's a lot of gray. I don't know that going on. Pretty cool. <laughs> like, and the, the chance of dying is greatly increased above other places that you could go. <laughs> so there's a lot to think about from the pure sake of tourism. I mean, plus it's like cost a million dollars a ticket. Because who even knows how much that gas costs? Yeah. <laughs> and and also, you know, with the whole uh, robot. Um uh, nah, I don't want to go over that whole robot thing again. You, you, you spent too many episodes on that already. Yeah, I think we missed it. If, if we didn't get it, <laughs> Lynn started having nightmares now with robots with lightsabers. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst of both worlds. <laughs> But yeah, I think what I think is that. To really get space exploration off the ground or, or space innovation or exploitation or however you want to go over it, 
the trick isn't going to be to commercialize it right away. The trick is going to be to find some independent agency that is not a government agency. And what? And without a commercial, would, would that be? I, I think commercial, commercial agency. Yeah. I, I think commercial companies are, are the only way to go. Then. Yeah, because they're the only people that would have the money, but they would have to find a way. That would mean someone going up to the moon and wanting to carve like an ad on it that you can see from Earth. <laughs> that would be the very first person. There was like an episode of The Tick where like one of the villains was just trying to carve his name into the moon. <laughs> I feel like that there's one of these days where that, that could actually happen. And, and when you finally get there, dude, it's really made of cheese. Yeah. <laughs> I could see there being eventually a commercial, but it, it's such a long-term idea for a commercial profit there where – They're saying now supposedly there's ice on the moon. Well, if, 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 water. If, if there's a resource. Then you could actually develop the moon. I mean overcrowding and overpopulation is a, a problem on this planet. I mean that we could face if we don't actually branch out some. Well, you know, terraforming Mars is already, you know, an issue for like 20 years now. And I don't know who came up with the idea, but it's a very old idea. Yeah, and they need if they're going to practice that, they need to practice on the moon. This there's a 30 year plan that they've been talking about. I think they've been talking about for 10 years. Yeah. But, Didn't they build the, like the this dome part, in a Nevada desert? Oh, to to, to practice. Yeah, it was like well, this, a, this greenhouse idea. That's a good idea, but I mean, if we really want, and they're saying that they want to do this, like a. Someone told me just the other day that, that they were throwing around this idea in the next few years of sending a one-way manned mission to Mars where they go to Mars and then just work it out when they get there. One way? That sounds kind of <laughs> – Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, who, who, I mean eventually who, 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 we might be able to come get you, but the, the idea is – Who would volunteer for that? I don't know. I'd like I'd like to see the particulars, please. Yeah. Mars looks like there's not much happening there either. No. <laughs> But if you're going to start thinking in those terms, though, like we need a permanent place on Mars, then then you would start on the moon. Yeah, sure. You're like, let's build a moon base and see how that works out. And then you, you can know, always fall see. back to Earth. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an easy enough trip to go get people if the moon mission doesn't work out. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 quite well safe and I uh, wouldn't say safe, but it's the rescue would be easier. Yeah, compared to Mars where it's <laughs> like but you're dead by the time we get the message. You, Houston, we've got a problem. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get we'll get you back. <laughs> Can you put out that long? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to be able to anticipate problems a lot better than you can here on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to take a while. But I like the thinking, and I do think that what's sad is Virgin has got their idea, and I think Hilton has already like put people on considering how would we put a hotel on the moon. Oh, yeah. Like, I think that question has been asked. And that's because you know one day people will – it'll start with the very rich. It's like Jurassic Park. Yeah, you know, to start with the catering to the very rich because it's expensive to do, and then once you got that nailed down, then then you can like make it available to everybody. Well, there, there's also you know you know there's going to be legal issues because you know who owns the moon. Yeah, how how do you develop? It's sort of like uh, 
if, if you want to put a hotel Antarctica, there, you know. Found, just... Everyone agreed that Antarctica wasn't owned by anybody. And then they find oil, like, under the glacier or something. And, <laughs> and suddenly everybody wants to... Yeah, now everyone's like, well, now someone needs to own it because it's valuable. When yeah. It's just a floating hunk of ice. No one cared. And that's the way the moon will be. When the moon becomes viable, then all of a sudden you'll need government permits to develop on the moon. And there'll be a U.S. version. There'll be a U.S. territory of the moon. Yeah. And there'll be your, then the space programs will really take off. <laughs> Unfortunately, this is all perfectly true. Then, like This is exactly what will happen. Then everyone will have a space program because the first one there to stick their flag in actually gets to say yeah. this is a dominion of this part of the, of the Earth. This unobtainium is ours. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. But, yeah, and, and unfortunately, that's the way that I think space, space exploration will take off when they go that way, and, and robots will take off when they go that way. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But to be honest with you, I mean, I don't want to – yeah, we've already gone over the applications. Robots but, will be first. Yeah, weapon, well, yeah, because we can do <laughs> – sadly, robots are easier. Yeah. The, the the thing that's in the future that nobody knows is the advanced robot. Because we when we talk about robots, we're just talking about you know automata. We're just talking about things that can move and and perform tasks on their own. We're not thinking about things that can think and feel. Yeah. So, the advanced robot is what the more interesting conversations are about. Like when they can think, when they can make basic decisions, when we can't tell for sure if you know if they're actually conscious. Or aware would they of themselves. Be, would they have like the the primitive conscience, like you know the the the, the caveman type, <laughs> you know, that would be would have, that would be scary. I would imagine that it would be like a, either more like a but or like a child, like because when the the AI because if you look at computers now they they sort of think and behave like children now in the ways that. They retreat to information they're comfortable with because we see that behavior start to crop up in computers. It's like when we program them to do a certain thing and then we go out and we tell them to do something else. When they get confused, they retreat to more familiar territory. Actually, They don't understand new things very well. Actually, that's short circuit you're describing now. That is Johnny yeah. number five. That's Johnny five. Yeah. Well, see, that movie is true also. <laughs> the prophetic nature of that movie hasn't always been. <laughs> understood but it's true need import but yeah. well actually the, and then there's a lot of truth to that like the first thing that they're going to figure out is we need somebody to tell us what to do yeah what are <laughs> what are my commands how intelligence evolves that's what people are scared about it's like it's the gaps in the code it's like what might they start to think is okay yeah, yeah. And are they that, going to And that's where those laws come in. Yeah, that's why I think those laws are important. It's like, like don't blame it on the robot. Actually, it's going to be a bunch of stupid drones at first. Yeah. Have you read the? Um, uh, you've read Asimov. I haven't actually read any Asimov. Okay. Well, I've read the, um, the Foundation series, and it's 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 quite good. It's not actually about robots, but in the end, um, it's it's about a whole galactic empire. And in the end, it's it's it revealed that um, the the planet Earth was you know dying, and people had to spread across the the galaxy. And the the person who set it off was a robot, 
and he had, you know, the, the three laws, uh, Asimov laws, but he programmed himself, he reprogrammed himself with the zeroth law, uh. the, 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 the one even before that, and it was an, uh, a robot must at all times protect the human race. And that was kind of interesting because that was what the whole series is. It's like four or five books set off, and it's it's it was a pretty good idea to have a robot reprogram itself to become even better, and that was quite a positive thing, I guess. Well, and that's bound to happen. That's why you want the platform to be somewhat positive because if we are gearing towards a world, because that's the problem with free will. In f- with free will, the rules are just the beginning. Well, because free will gives you the ability to defy the rules. Yeah, well, you know, you, humans, us humans, uh, have morality. So, 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 what's what's that in us? It's, it's, is it an instinct? Is it you know something we learned or? And that's the real question, and that's a really good ethical question because there there could be arguments to be made either way. That I. I could see the argument that people could say, well, in the early days, people were too stupid to understand the benefit of just being good, so they had to create this framework around which we explained why it was better for you to be good. We had to create this mythology that enforced you know, morality. Yeah. But on the other hand, you could say, well, man is actually basically good already – and we developed all of those systems because that was our way of abstracting that instinct. Yeah. So, so couldn't that also be true for, for robots then? Yeah, that's a question of the soul. Because <laughs> would they – I mean if anything becomes intelligent and, would and, it have and therefore a soul, alive, yeah. does, is it tapped into the same just basic it, – it's a question of is the universe by nature good? Because anything that becomes aware of itself then becomes a part of that, that greater whole, and would they just automatically follow nature and by following nature become good? You know, I'll, I'll just let, you know, theologists decide the, that one. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie awake for that one because <laughs> if I start thinking about that one, you, you'll never get the answer to that one, I guess. Well, that's the tr- the truth. That's why, when in the absence of better information, you just enforce good behavior. Yeah, <laughs> and, yes. and good intentions are you leave to the philosophers. Yeah, <laughs> but it is an interesting question. And so, yeah, it, I guess maybe would, one day, maybe that'll never happen. Maybe we'll never build robots that can think. And wouldn't it be funny to get you know a Marvin? <laughs> If they yeah, the robot pessimist, <laughs> yeah. If they truly d- d- start developing characters, <laughs> they start to get depressed. <laughs> That's what I find funny. Is like who's to say? You know, it's sort of like you know, and I and I think of, of this on a larger scale, but it's the same. But it's a, on a larger scale, basically the same thing as raising a child, where it's like you start with the best intentions and you start with the best that you know how to do, but in the end, you know. You don't have any control over what ultimately what decisions are made by yeah. by the child as they grow up. You just hope, and this is what I think: as humanity tries to build robots, like just then, just try to instill them with the best ideas while you have their ear. Well, don't let Canadians build robots then, because they're all bad parents. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They you got robots even, leaving the door open. 
they can't even lock their doors at night. <laughs> See, they would say that we don't have to lock our doors at night. It's like, yeah. no, I'm, I'm like, you don't even know how to lock a door. Yeah. Don't even have the good sense God gave you. <laughs> what if bears got in? What are the, you don't know. They could use doorknobs like velociraptors. You know, our dog is smart enough to open the door. So It's a matter of, of perspective, you know, where they don't lock the door during the day necessarily I th- mm-hmm. I hopefully they lock it at night but but i lock the door right behind me when i walk through the door and i don't think of it as a security measure i just think of it as you know i don't i don't want that door swinging open i don't want what if i don't want people to be able to walk in and it's That's- not necessarily thinking that you know the boogeyman's going to come through the door i just as a matter of course it's like oh, i need that door locked up it's yeah it's the way i think yeah, it's 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 and it's also you know it's it maybe it's cultural I I, I guess it's um, especially here um, the the Second World War still had uh, a huge impact on the daily lives of my parents even because their parents my grandparents they they lived through five years of of hiding and and locking doors and 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 everything and that got so uh, into their daily you know. Uh, routine of 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 working and and even though there wasn't a a german company in sight or or or, you know the 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 whole war in in the in the place where i live the the whole war passed us by basically but people still behave a bit like that still because they're brought up with that whole um right uh, it becomes part of the mindset yeah 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 it's it's the mindset so and and it's it's also the 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 ethics you you grow up with but i think that's you know and it's a funny thing that they say that locks are for honest people it's like yeah. it, it does kind of you're, you're assuming that that whoever's coming by can't just kick a door in but to me it just the stupid thing is having a lock yeah. <laughs> like i lock the bedroom door when i go at night i go to bed at night I don't think someone's in the house that's going to try. <laughs> and, I, and I also know that anyone who would want to come in the door could just take that door off its hinges. It's a tiny door. But it's you lock the door because that's just one extra thing. They're like, well, you know, just that way, this way they have to kick the door. <laughs> That'll wake me up. Well, for, just open it. for me, it's also an automatic thing because I, I will leave my bike unlocked. <laughs> you know, I, I'll forget that half the time, but I do. You know, every time, even for 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 uh, one minute, I've got a, uh, a grocery just you know across the street. Even if I'm you know, away for one minute, I'll lock the bo- I'll lock the door. So even even with the kids inside. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it's just like it's like you said. It's a action you know like some people leave their car doors unlocked when when they go places and i never do that even though there's nothing in my car but i just always lock doors just to have it in savannah it's actually against the law because some people do this to walk into the store and leave the car running so you get a fine for that or yeah after they steal your car you get a fine (laughs) (laughs) Because the reason is, it's like it, what's sad about that is it's against the law because it's so common for a person's car to be stolen that way that yeah. they won't. That it's not fair for you to make that kind of work for the police. So they're um. like, at least don't give your car away and then call us. <laughs> so it's actually against the law to leave the car that open. 
the theft. That's an interesting to me. That's an interesting measure to put that back on the victim. Oh my God! It's your fault for asking for it. And isn't that also an insurance thing then? Yeah, I would. Well, I would imagine it'd be difficult to play that on the insurance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. But thefted. But then, then you're this. You're the idiot for letting for going ahead and telling people that you left the car on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're in charge of that story if no one else was there. You don't have to say, yeah, I did. Yeah, I sorry. I the car on. Oops. I pointed it at the street and just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> I just told the guy in the ski mask, you know. <laughs> yeah. Asked him to watch it while yeah. I was in the store. Did everything wrong. If the dog barks, just give him a cookie. <laughs> That that's a funny, and that is just a matter of of philosophy. That is just a matter of of what you're brought into. Because some people, you know, some people leave the doors open all the time. Some people leave. I know people that will, you know, that that will take people into their house if they don't have anywhere else to stay. People they don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, they're good people for that. But to me, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'd feel a little nervous about someone I didn't know being in my house, especially if I'm not there. Yeah, I, I don't want any strangers in my house. Yeah, I'm, and I'm a pretty open person. I mean, my door is open to people I know. Yeah. But at, the, at some point, you you just have to weigh in your common sense with 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 what you feel like is your your sense of right and wrong. Well, it's, obviously, it's, you want to do whatever you can to help somebody, but not not foolishly, not to bring, not to put yourself at risk in that way, or other people. If there are other people in your house. No, and it's also for me. It's it's you know it's it, it's my place. It's, it's I claim it. It's it's mine. <laughs> other people don't have any business here. Well, that's the truth, and this is a funny thing. You know, we've talked about about guns on the show before mm-hmm. and how how easy it is. This is the us versus Canada thing again because because okay. <laughs> I think the Canadians were all just a bunch of wild folks. It's in America, just everybody. People can buy guns and carry them around. It's, it's just kind of like the Wild West still. But in Georgia, where I live, it's it's very easy to get a gun. It's very easy to get a license to carry a gun. There's a big controversy in Georgia right now because people are mad because they're not allowed to take their guns to church or into a bar. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, it's like... I think reasonable restrictions are all right. There's lots of places that you shouldn't have a gun. I can't even go out with a butter knife here. Yeah. Well, and that's what that, – culturally, that's very interesting because there are a lot of places in the world that, that, that it's appalling that we have such a freedom to carry guns around. Yeah. And, you know, violent crime. We're not making a very good case for ourselves because that's a freedom that we celebrate, yet we're, we're the victims of some of the most violent crime – in the history of the world, well, if and got, if so, you, so much so that we're known for it. <laughs> like we lead the league in just horrible, rampant, violent crime. But, uh, but that's the balance that we are always trying to find. You know, freedom versus security. Well, I, I guess the the same counts for for Holland and its uh, quite liberal uh, drug uh, uh, policy. 
Yeah, you guys might have it right a little bit more than we do on that. I think we'd have less violent crime if we were not as free with letting people have guns, but we were more free with letting them have drugs. <laughs> well, you know, and then there's uh, I'm I'm quite you know I'm 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 on on two minds of that because uh, you know I I do support you know, you, you you did the uh, the <laughs> the marijuana uh, episode and. Um, I thought it was hilarious because none of you have, had ever done it, and um, well, maybe McDougal had, but yeah, I believe McDougal had some stories. I've, I personally have never. I don't. I, I don't condemn it in any way, but I. But no, I have never and it's, it, so. it's and, and and you know, for 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 us, it's it's really you know us, you know, stereotyping us all, but um, uh, for 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 Dutch, it's it's pretty much a um, anti crime thing because it's it's kind of weird you can sell it um but you, you can only you know um you you can't supply somebody and and that's the weird thing you can't supply but you can sell it and and that's that's the whole double thing if if you <laughs> so, I mean you're not allowed to just give it to somebody yeah actually <laughs> it it does it's it's like you know we've got these uh, coffee shops they're called and 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 i i think they're quite known about, uh, around the world um, that's a pulp fiction thing the big famous pulp fiction speech yeah that yeah yeah that's the one um and actually that is true um we we do put mayonnaise on everything and and actually yeah if you are carrying drugs the police are quite impotent to uh, to search you um but the the whole idea was uh, as long as there is regulation uh on it and there's uh, 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 especially soft drugs um there's if if there's regulation you can can control crime that way there's n not no no drug wars or anything but mm -hmm. then but then still you you have you know the 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 heart you know really terrible stuff and and also you know the, the, Holland is a uh, uh a harbor country so so we've got the, one of the largest harbors in the, in the world Rotterdam and through the Rotterdam harbor everything you know, from guns to 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 hard drugs to to you know the most horrible things come in here anyway. So so people start selling it anyway. So that's that's for me. It's it's pretty double. You know, the the soft part and anti crime part I kind of understand, but it's it's really nuts to not search somebody if if you, if you say, well, yeah. you know, you can't search that's, me. Okay, well, uh, that's won't, no. basically deciding that that you don't really want to enforce something if you're going to go ahead yeah. and put that yeah. as a rule on. It. But I could actually see I, – I really do support, especially on softer drugs. I mean the idea that – because I see right now one of the problems we have in America is is that jails are overcrowded. It's like, well, that to me – if the jails are overcrowded, then the first thing that needs to go is the guys that you arrested for smoking marijuana. Yeah. Like I don't want I don't want you sending a rapist home because <laughs> his room was taken up by a stoner. You know? <laughs> That to me is like they, like you clear that out right away. It's like, oh yeah, we've got a we've got a serial killer coming in, so send the stoners home. Yeah, please. <laughs> There's a lot of money that goes into being wasted in in enforcing laws like that and in, in holding those investigations. Have you, have you ever seen the show Weeds? No, that I show? haven't actually. It's um, it, it is aired here, but it nah, it's not my kind, not my kind of thing. Yeah, I watched it because it's on Netflix streaming, so there wasn't anything. And about after the second season, I'm with you on that because they got to be too too much. 
But the idea in the show was that she's just selling marijuana. She's selling, she's a pot dealer to guys in the suburbs. Okay. But throughout the course of the show, she gets embroiled in all of this, you know, this drug world, you know, and people are shooting at her and all this kind of stuff. And it's all because it's an under, it's an underworld. Yeah, and then you get sucked in. Yeah, so it's if there's an argument there to be made that maybe if that by itself were legal, you would have like soccer moms getting like <laughs> swept up with drug lords just, and that, just to sell pot to some guy. And and that was the whole Dutch idea, but somehow it went wrong with you know the police not enforcing it enough, and and yeah, you know, it's a whole political debate, and uh, I don't have. Too much, um, well, uh, research into that. It's a whole legal thing, also. So, and I'm not too much of an expert on that. Yeah, it's me either. I'm pretty ignorant of politics. Yeah. Uh, I can make an opinion about anything I observe, but uh, it's just the world will weigh you down. That's why I think that's why movies and TV. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad it's pop culture that unites us because that's so much easier to get behind. Oh yeah, man. Let's uh, let's talk 3D movies. Yeah. 3D is is funny now, like how how easy that technology is, and how many 3D movies there are now. It's it's. it's I thought it was you know a, a way of recording or or you know a way of shooting stuff, but they can you know transfer or adapt old movies to 3D now. Mm-hmm. It's a layering process. Okay. The, the, see, in the old days, and still with the newer movies as they shoot, and this is where you get your better 3D, you do have two c- cameras that are being shot because that way you get that that depth, that pers- that perspective that so gives that, it the, the depth perception. That, that whole James effect. Cameron thing. Yeah, I mean, what they're doing <laughs> on these old movies and why it's not working as well is they're – They're taking old movies, and especially movies shot in the last few years, like the newer Star Wars movies that are digital. You know, they're already shot in layers. They're already okay. edited in layers. So, yeah. like, they're all they're doing is separating those layers, basically, and making and creating a 3D process that way. And they're not as effective because they weren't shot to be 3D. I saw Nightmare Before Christmas in 3D when they re-released it, just because it was fun to see it in the theater. And how was But, that? But you know. It's fun, but the 3D is not that much because you frame a shot a certain way when you know it's going to be 3D. Yeah. yeah. You know, you've got to have the foreground separated from the background so that you get that effect. And, and they, like that did, you, did they put extra effects in there, like, like you know, snow, really, you know, extra layers of snow? or? I don't think so. I think they just played with that, that post-production technology to do that. Okay. And I think that's they're good. they're doing that with the Star Wars movies, and there's a rumor started that they're going to do that with the Indiana Jones movies now too. Okay, so, put you, them get, all so, in 3D. so you get the fridge flying to <laughs> toward you. Oh yeah, oh god, it'll probably be easier <laughs> with that fourth one. Yeah, but I think it's, so. It's just a way to to put him back in the theater. But to me, I think Lucas always sort of misses the point on this too. Is like you don't have to put anything new; just put it back in the theater. Yeah, I would love to see Raiders of the Lost Ark in the oh, theater. Oh yeah, man, do a re-release. Yeah, I'll watch The Empire Strikes Back in 3D, but you don't have to put it in 3D. It's my favorite movie. I don't think I'm gonna see uh, Empire Strikes Back in 3D, just out of principle. Yeah, well, it'll be depressing because he's already re-edited it so many times. Oh that man, it's not yeah, Empire Strikes Back, and it's like that's it's so weird to to try to explain to someone is like this is. Widely regarded as the best movie ever made. Yep. <laughs> you're aware of that, even above Star Wars, which is which in is its, in its genre. In, in its genre, I, I agree. In its genre, 
Well, I, there's some arguments that could be made, but it's mostly movie buffs <laughs> that discuss what's the best movie, and movie buffs usually like Star Wars. So yeah, still yeah, yeah. It's on the scale in that direction. <laughs> I, I mostly, you know, with with friends, I try to divide everything in genres because we, are, we, me and my friends, we don't um, generally like the same genres, so we we start dividing everything up. Well, I'm a big fan of most film genres as long as it's a good movie. I've I'm a big critic of sci-fi films. I don't I don't really care if it's sci-fi or not in fantasy, but when one stands out, I notice it. And I do like the genre. There's just most of the stuff it produces is not good. Yeah. I, I think I lean towards horror because when horror is not good, it's still fun. Well, talking about sci-fi and horror and 3D, I saw uh, a month ago. I saw the latest Resident Evil uh, Afterlife. I guess it was called. Oh, I wanted to watch that. It's not going to be any fun on video. I didn't get a chance to go see that. Uh, well, 3D. You know that was the. I, I guess the third one I saw in 3D, and it really, really underwhelmed. It. It. it you really? know the, the the story was okay. It was a bit over the top for me, and it was okay. Now, well, you know. Uh, I'm not gonna spoil it for you, but uh, the the effects, the 3D for that movie, you know, I I could have done without. How sad! Because they were banking not just on the fact that it was 3D, but the reason the same camera that James Cameron used in uh, yeah. in Avatar. Like, I, they I were saw the trailer. I saw the trailer. That process. Yeah. How sad! It, it was the new Flash of the Titans was crap because it wasn't meant to be a 3D movie. Yeah. And actually, the best 3D movie I saw was just this week. I went to see, with my kids, I went to see Despicable Me. And somehow, um, when they do cartoon-like or, or, or animated movies, they can really go all out with the 3D effects. And, and it was really, really funny. And, and, you know, they really went, you know, they did jokes with it. And, and, and that, that really worked. Well, that's good. I have a feeling I don't go see movies like that because I don't have kids or anything. But they're usually <laughs> those. Usually, the the movies they make for kids now are some of the better movies. Like you can watch those, like Pixar movies, uh, and that P one was Pixar a DreamWorks is, movie. I think Pixar but, is great. I I've always you know I I haven't liked uh, Disney movies that much because from uh, you know the seventies the early sixties they were always kind of moral tales and 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 really. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. They were kind of mushy. And, <laughs> and and Pixar really took it and made it fun. Yeah, I, I love the Pixar movies. They really and, – and those guys are making CG work because they it's all just computer animation that they're doing. But, yeah, but it's man. such a good – if it weren't for those guys, like it seems like there's – I, I kind of hate that it, we've seen the end of 2D animation because of it. But everything that comes out now is, is just, a, just a big uh, – just a big computer animation movie. Yeah, yeah. But, Between but, them and DreamWorks. Yeah, and, and but I do have to say that 3D does work very well for, for, for cartoon. Yeah, well, I, I shouldn't call it cartoons then, but for for animated. I, would I think that it was I would through in Avatar. It. I thought that in Avatar 2 where they had effect shots, I thought it worked because you're controlling everything. Yeah. And, and then it, when they had the live action shots, the live action shots don't work. Yeah, and I guess well. I, I guess you're, you're more used to uh, seeing a person in 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 
in in in profile and 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 I guess you know if you put it in 3D you're still expecting to you know have forms and 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 you know for for an, an animated thing you you don't expect to to you just expect to see something cube like or or, or spherical What's funny about that is that that's an interesting point because really what's making those the the 3D animated movies work is that it's more of a 2D process because all they're doing is they're doing like compositing like layers upon layers but you're you're not expecting a cartoon to look like you would expect a three-dimensional person to look and then it's so easy to put it in layers. 3D that's interesting so it's actually two dimensions that that make the the three D movies work. I best. think I think so. But that's neat. Yeah, I do agree though. As far as three D, three D. I don't want to say it's a fad because I'll see something stupid and think it's a fad, and then it'll become <laughs> the biggest thing ever. Yeah. And that's and I've almost always been wrong about that. <laughs> like I was wrong about iPhones. I was wrong about the internet at the time. It was stupid, but it turned out to be something good. I was totally wrong about reality television. Oh God! But you were right in spirit. <laughs> that was. I feel that, like I've never been proven wrong on reality television. Uh, I just thought I still feel justified that it ought to be a fad. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's a good another good example. Like that'll never last. Who can watch that crap? And you see the same formula over and over uh, and over. Who's uh, you know at the first episode? And it was a Dutch invention, by the way. It was uh, f- uh, first aired uh, in 1999. It was called Big Brother, and. They just put, you know, five or six people in a house with a couple of cameras on them, 24 hours a day, and you just could just follow them uh, uh, through the Internet just 24 hours a day. And then at the end of the day, they would make a short recap of that day, and they put they aired it on actual television. So, and it was <laughs> and that so, became the thing. It was so boring. The six strangers, they, they don't talk about anything, and, and mostly, you know, if it's, you know, it was... Uh, fall now it's 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 autumn people don't start to talk about the weather because it's just depressing and people were just feeling generally depressed there and it was <laughs> awful to watch and it, it became such a, such a huge thing i guess it's it's difficult to underestimate voyeurism yeah. because it's it started in america as as the real world on mtv oh yeah and they were smart enough to just get a bunch of unstable people together. And they're like, this will be interesting. Yeah, let's, all the let's, fight. Let's, let's put a couple of loonies together. People will love to watch this. They'll just scream at each other and, and, and bottom out in every episode. <laughs> Are you uh, unstable? Okay, you're on. Yeah, oh, I love this guy. <laughs> but yeah, that's, you know, but 3D feels like it's headed in that direction because they, they're making 3D TVs now. Yeah, and, and computer games. and, and Who's going to uh, – seriously, I say that now, but I feel like I should be right in this. It's like, am I going to get proven wrong about this too, world? Like I say to myself, who can pay $1,500 for a TV that you then have to wear glasses to watch? And and Is you it, might adjust the brightness because every, the, those glasses are really dark. It's like wearing sunglasses inside a cinema. But I don't know. I had this argument with, with uh, my brother who thought – that no, 3D is going to be the, come the thing. It's the next thing. It's like really, because that's so lame. Because 3D was like invented in the 50s. Yeah, it's it's really old. <laughs> it's not a new thing at all. No, it just became because of digital. It became a very easy thing. 
And that's why like, we can make every movie in 3D. Pl- pure, plain, and simple. We can. Yeah. And luckily, they're not going to do the next Batman movie in 3D, but they oh. wanted to. Christopher <laughs> Nolan kind of poo-pooed that, which is good, because he wants it to actually be a good movie. Okay, so I'm glad for that. But, you know, that's how things are getting, where it's like just anything. Like, can't we just put this in 3D? It's like, no, not everything needs to be a 3D movie. But, I wouldn't pay to see Batman in 3D, I'd, but I'd pay to see the 2D version if they did that. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not sold on the 3D. Um, you know, I, I I don't know if if it's 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 kind of it's such an old invention already, and you know it it hasn't improved that much. Um, it's not like there's uh, uh, actual you know it's it's getting better. You know the the effects are still yeah. the same as fifty years ago. It is what it is. It's a novelty. Yeah, there's nothing unless there's some new technology that comes around. You know, 3D is just a novelty that that is easier because of the process that they make movies. Half halfway of the 90s, and this was again a, a miss, a total miss of mine. Was um, you know the, the virtual reality thing? Uh, you, you got the gloves and 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 the whole headset uh, with with the glasses on, and it was like you're inside a computer. And I thought that oh my god, this is going to be the, the future, and nothing came of it really. <laughs> I I don't know. I I wonder what the next real evolution of that kind of technology is. I mean, besides just becoming more and more high def. Mostly, yeah. what they call an innovation is really when they just add on to things. It's like, oh, well, it's going to get better. TVs will get bigger. Well, it's going to get better. The uh, the resolution's going to get better. It's like movies already look weird now. The resolution's too high. Yeah, yeah high yeah. definition freaks me out. And and you got those cameras with uh you know the the, the, the just for 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 pictures and and it's like uh, a couple of years ago I I had a mobile phone with a three megapixel uh, uh, <laughs> zoom and and everything and I was ah oh, it's the latest thing and if I took a picture it took up like like five megabytes of my, <laughs> of my, of my and and now you've got like like ten megapixel or or fifteen megapixel and I can't see the difference. Yeah, well, there reaches a threshold where it you can actually have too high quality, and I think that really does happen with high def movies, where it just looks like you're watching something shot on video now. Because the clarity, there was a point where, you know, I remember when we were shooting on video, like v, like VHS and all that, and some of the early digital, and people were making, and they still have them, these processes where that would convert your video to give it a sort of cinematic look. Yeah. And all it does is diffuse the the picture. It actually cuts the resolution down. It gives it a sort of a fuzzier sort of look because film is grainy. Yeah, film has that look. So just increasing the resolution over and over and over again doesn't make for a better movie. Uh, I, I you know there's a style to it. Um, the first time I, I saw the, the, uh, a friend of mine a couple of years back bought his first uh, HD television. And the first movie we went, to, uh, or movie, I, I guess the, the the pilot we went to see was Firefly, or uh, Serenity. And um, well, the, 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 I, I've seen Serenity millions of times, and just on a normal television. And you know, then you get to see the story. But then I saw it on HD, and you got to see the the, the, the lines between the the, the green uh, the green screen and the actors. And, <laughs> It, it, because it was too sharp, so the, the yeah. whole effect ruined it. It was too sharp. 
I think also there's a different there's a sort of what they're not the, the refresh rate is too high and and I really think that each and this is where I think the actual picture quality has surpassed the moving picture technology because what you have is each individual frame is such a high resolution you're seeing so much detail that normally obviously movies are not shot in real time as far as what we perceive we see two one picture go to another and our mind fills the gaps yeah that's how moving pictures work it's not the same as our perceiving actual movement in life you know you're talking about 24 frames per second with uh, movies and then i think more than that sometimes on some kinds of video but we're filling in the gaps what's happening with these high res images when they're moving is you know we're not we're not we're taking in too much information and we're not filling in the gaps appropriately so when they move it has this sort of surreal effect yeah because it doesn't look like life anymore the the pictures are too clear so even the movement becomes not right this sort of uncanny valley like that doesn't look like people move and it's still flat yeah it's a, it's very weird and yeah. i don't think I guess your average person that really likes that super high-def quality just isn't paying enough attention to the movies. Well, you know, you know I could make a case for, for certain, you know, the, the sports, uh, I, I guess, oh, yeah. would, would, would be, you know, if, if you're really into that and, you know, I'm, uh, I'm together with Xbox. friends. I'm, 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 I'm a huge European football, uh, <laughs> football fan. And uh, you know it's it's great to watch a, a game on, on 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 HD, but not movies. Yeah, I, I love uh, like a buddy of mine had uh, had that when we all were playing Left 4 Dead on Xbox. That's awesome. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> you get that get that kind of stuff for sports and video games, no problem. But yeah, but you're right, not for movies. And there are actually settings on those TVs. You don't have to have it set that high, and you can actually I think change the refresh rate on uh, on it. And that will help. You know, uh, I, I do have another. Uh, you know, I, I, I have my own uh, radio uh, show. It's it's a live show, and uh, it used to be uh, an, a golden oldies uh, uh, sort of thing, and we used to play uh, songs straight from CD, and then we switched back to just plain long. LP records because oh, they awesome. would just they would just sound better straight from you know with oh. the needle and 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 the cracks and and the, I'm with you on that we I'm totally sold on on vinyl just from yeah. from when, when I was a DJ in college and you know you just can't talk a person down from vinyl and there is something but the reality of that even when they do get kind of old and they get that sort of grit. Yeah. And a little bit of the scratchiness on them that adds to it, like even the distortion. They, they when they <laughs> <laughs> well, the, why is perfection the goal anyway? Seriously, like like we were just talking about when you go to, you you go back to the days where they didn't have all this money and and they're more charming. And even when you can see the strings above the spaceships and things like that, not that everything should be that way, but <laughs> but it doesn't kill it for you. There's still something that, that's very charming and fun and entertaining about that. And why are we trying so hard to disinfect the process where it's like now nothing will ever go wrong? It's like you're that that presupposes that the effort and talent you put into it is also perfect. Yeah. 
Like what is it that you think is getting – and this is the Lucas argument too. Do you really think that the lack of technology is filtering out your vision or can you not see that in many cases it, it is, it's helped you to have those challenges? It's, 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 it's added to your vision when you had to make something out of a trash can or something like that. You know, Then you had to work around something. It gave you all these new ideas. Yeah, and and new ideas come from from poverty at at some points. You know, the, the, if if it's uh, poverty in 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 resources or, or 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 ideas, you start to get creative because you know yeah. you, you've got your deadline and you've got you you know ah you you want to complete something, so uh, you do have But to yeah. be. Uh, Your imagination is not based on a blank slate. It never is. Like even in Star Wars, you started with an idea that you wanted to make something that paid homage to, uh, you know, to these old sci-fi serials. It also drew from uh, from from uh, the work of uh, Kurosawa and some of his stuff, and, mm -hmm. and and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But even in your vision, your vision didn't begin with just you in a white room, and you came up with all these awesome ideas. You were you were influenced by things. Yeah, as you know, most stories, I believe the best movies are, are based, or stories are based on other good ideas. So Sure. I mean, that's why, and to be honest with you, that is why movies and TV keep getting better story-wise as far as the sophistication. Not always better as far as the execution, but as, as long if you as watch they don't older start, movies. Yeah, as, as long as they don't just start copying other stuff. Yeah, or copying each other is what happens. There's like a lot of concepts just parrot each other, and that's why – that's part of what contributes to the pop culture too. You have basically – you can see some movies that definitely show you the tone of the time. You actually gauge the zeitgeist based on those, and the others are just ripping those movies off. So they're just pretenders. Yeah, But yeah. still, those trends come from something. If You wouldn't be ripped off a million times if, if that wasn't a powerful message. You know, so even in the repetition, we can say, "Oh, well, there's a, that's a landmark of that, what people are thinking." That explains the whole uh, success of sitcoms. Oh yeah, I'm a big yeah, I'm a I'm a big detractor when I talk about. It. I know people like sitcoms, the live thing. Uh, I'm not a fan of that format. It's it's you know yeah it's it's just the format, and that's it. Now it's it's just the format. It's like a, because they don't have to do that. Now it's just in the industry they respect that as a format because it's it's kind of an antiquated way of making something. But I think from a performance perspective, they still sort of appreciate that as a classical style because it's a form of television that is actually a live performance in front of an audience, mm, and that's an yeah. interesting thing. Yeah, yeah but okay. it. it It's it's I, I think it's too faked now too. Like a lot of times, there's not a live audience; they're just faking it. They got like a laugh track. And it's oh my horrible. god, I hate laugh tracks. Yeah, I don't mind if you actually filmed in front of an audience. You know, I can see the the I can see the benefit of that. But if you're trying to make it look like you did, that's just embarrassing. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, and people will notice. Oh yeah, it really is. You know, and. To me, single-camera sitcoms, I really do like that whole idea of that no studio audience go out and do the handheld filming. That's becoming – you know, The Office helped, bring, helped make that popular, but unfortunately, everyone emulates The Office by trying to be some kind of mockumentary style. Yeah. Where they have like the, the testimonials from the people, like, and that's really just showing you how popular the reality show format is. <laughs> that they're actually mimicking that in, in, in drama. Or I should say, in scripted television, not 
Yeah, 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 it's it's comedy theater. Yeah, so it's it's for television then. To see all that that happen that way. Yeah. Okay. All right. Glad we were able to cover that. (laughs) So we went from. Uh, yeah, that was a good. That was a good. Uh, what a free association episode! Oh my God! You, you just you, before the uh, before the the uh, uh, recording, you said you know you, you typed me a message from you know, Well, we could do just a free topic, you know. <laughs> I just I guess we've done you know culture politics. <laughs> as free as we, well, that's a good introduction. I would like to have you on again some other time where we can get the other boys to actually participate. Oh yeah, sure, man. <laughs> but this is the second time. I, I do feel bad when when it's someone's first time on the show and all they have is me. It is, <laughs> it is a different dynamic, but I but I have enjoyed covering yeah, all these topics. Wasn't, wasn't a nice, relaxing but, evening. Yeah, and this will be a good one. I, I I do appreciate you getting some voices for us on the on the Venus thing, and I want to get you to do some more. <laughs> But this will be a fun one. You know, my my, my <laughs> I, I did air it. You know, uh, in our uh, uh, last week, <laughs> last Saturday, we had our two hundredth uh, uh, anniversary, and we, we you know, we, we tried to um, build up to something, but we, we ended up doing a four-hour show <laughs> live. <laughs> And um, some some friends of ours came in with a couple of cases of beer, and it kind of got out of hand. And 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 it, yeah, it, I can't remember the last hour, man. <laughs> it was it was it was bizarre. A couple of rappers came in, and they started doing a rap battle live on the show. And we just started, you know, here we we prepared something, but you know, all the rules went out the window. And we did get to do to air uh, the Fina Sky Trap episode, and it was hilarious, man. Everybody started, you know. I I got to hear it the, this whole week, you know. It was commanded Saugstab was following me around. So, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I got a fan base. Well, that's that's a resonating character now. <laughs> I'll have to bring that back. That oh awesome god. voice. Oh my god! Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's a good deal of fun. Yeah, I think thanks for doing a voice on that. The next one's going to be fun because it's going to be populated by the Aussies between Lynn and Ben and and another one of their friends did a voice, so it's almost completely overtaken by our Australian friends. So. I, I I don't want you to spoil anything, but are there, are they all going to be bald? <laughs> well, I think just Lynn, Lynn, Lynn was Lynn's character is the only one bald. <laughs> As an interesting part of the process for an audio drama, yeah, <laughs> she had to act bold. But she did a she did a great job. I think you'd be very pleased with Lynn okay. when that one comes up. By the time this airs, that will probably have already aired because I'm working on that. I'm almost done editing that episode while we record this one. FYI, uh, Sean, I'm not going to do any recording naked. Yeah, really. I assume that, that Lynn also did not. <laughs> She's got a process, and I respect her process. Yeah, man. The character wasn't naked, so I don't even understand. Method acting. I love it. Even in an audio drama. Yeah. Theater people, man. What are you going to do? Yeah. All right. Well, definitely, again, thanks for that, and thanks for being here. And, and I will – When I think we now have the, the – 
what the time difference is between us is not that severe, so probably at some point we can do something like this again where we can get the kids involved where you can yeah and then we got the venus skytrap thing in the way so so we got a lot of stuff on i don't think people will be missing us because we'll have a lot of stuff going oh man it's productive very fun very fun stuff i'm enjoying it yeah man but and and again i appreciate you being on with us tonight and uh, i've enjoyed this if you guys can check out uh new episodes or old episodes at tv at my com. That's still out there. You can friend us on Facebook, and that way maybe that, you may get a hold of Greg that way. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not hearing him on the show very much, at least you can keep a track of him through our Facebook. Does he have a Twitter? But I don't think Greg Twitters socially. Okay. He may have a Twitter just for professional purposes. I don't know. He has a lot of persona that he throws around <laughs> online. Okay, but but the Facebook he has his own Facebook and he maintains the TV Eight My Dinner Facebook, so he's definitely our our Facebook guy. Uh, and, I, and I'm that I'm on Facebook also. If you get on TV Eight My Dinner, you'll see mine. I'm, I'm on that from time to time as well. And also check check out the forum. Yes, forum.tvatmydinner.com where you can talk to all of us. In fact, that's probably the best way. Yeah. Uh, that you, you you can talk to Rude, you can talk to me, you can even talk to Brooks a lot. As he's very active on the forum these days. And maybe even Greg. Sometimes Greg when he's not Facebooking. <laughs> but in the meantime, this may I, I have no idea when this air, episode will air, and I have no idea what's coming after it. But, uh, but don't we will worry, have man. more more stuff coming out. Yeah, videos and audio dramas and all kinds of crazy business. We're always working on something. So anyway, until then, I I will see you later. My name is Sean. My name is Ruth. And we will talk to you next time. Okay. This has been TV8 My Dinner. Don't forget to visit our forum at www.forum.tv8mydinner.com. Dog uh, no, do not discard the audio. Uh, stop recording. Yeah.